Hello and welcome to the King's Spotlight on Sustainability podcast. In this podcast, we're shining a light on all things sustainability. We want to get you thinking about some of the challenges we face surrounding climate change and the natural world, whilst highlighting some of the innovative solutions happening at King's and beyond. Hello, I'm your host, Emily Reid, a PhD student here at King's. And for this series of the podcast, we're very lucky to be joined by our student co-host, Abigail. Hi, my name is Abigail Oyedele, and I'm a recent graduate from King's College London, where I studied global health and social medicine. I co-founded a community organising society during my second year called Kings for Change. We ran various campaigns, including some on aspects of sustainability and climate in London. This series of the Spotlight on Sustainability podcast will explore how students and staff at King's are building a sustainable community and how you can get involved. So hello and welcome to this episode of the King's Spotlight on Sustainability podcast. In this episode, we're very lucky to be joined by Ria Patel, who's a psychology student here at King's. We'll be talking to Ria today about KCL Undoing Borders, a campaign she initiated to tackle the hostile environment against migrants at universities. We'll take the time to learn why there is a need for this campaign and what it hopes to achieve. We'll then discover the progress the campaign has made at King's before highlighting how you can take action and get involved. Thank you so much for joining us today. In this first section, we'd love to start by learning more about you. And so if you could introduce yourself, that would be really great. Hi, I'm Ria. My pronouns are they, she. I'm a psychology student here at King's. And yeah, I started the um, Society KCL People and Planet um, this year. And last year we started the campaign, um, KCL Undoing Borders, to tackle hostile environment within Kings. Thank you so much. So you actually started off with KCL People and Planet. Could you tell us a bit about that society and what its aims are? Yeah, so People and Planet is a broader charity, um, which is a student-led charity in the UK. And they have different kind of subsections within universities. Um, and they have campaigns that are kind of um, and resources that students can use to tackle issues within their universities. So Undoing Borders is one of them. And we started the campaign last year um, and we wanted to make it like a proper society this year. So we got recognised by KCLSU um, and have joined forces with another campaign, um, which is another people and planning campaign um that's called divest borders which is similar but not quite the same um to form kcl people planet that sounds great and outside of kcl undoing borders what kind of other issues does the people on planet society get involved in yeah so sustainability more broadly um so divesting from fossil fuels was a kind of campaign that people on planet had previously and king's has committed to this now um and that was before our time. But um, so, but issues about sustainability more broadly are really important because People and Planet is focused on environmental as well as social justice, and economic justice obviously comes into that as well because they're all so intertwined and important um, to tackle together. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think anyone who kind of works in the field is has an understanding now of the importance of it's not just environmental justice it's social justice it's economic they're all intertwined and interlinked um so just to focus a bit on kcl undoing borders so why why is there a need for this what what kind of sparked you to start this campaign yeah so i actually went to a talk about it um from people on planet and Kind of, it opened up my eyes to the kind of atrocities that universities are kind of committing. Um, the Home Office 
basically it's co-opting universities to doing kind of dirty work <laughs> um, in terms of monitoring migrants and student and staff migrants and kind of undercutting their access to education which should be a public good <laughs> and kind of adding additional barriers to access um of higher education um there's so much more that i could say um so basically there's three main pillars of this campaign one of them is education that i've just spoken about briefly and it's education for all so you know making sure that young people have access to education shouldn't and making sure that young people have access to education shouldn't be kind of determined by the home office um and whether they can gain citizenship people should be able to get access to higher education regardless and sometimes universities can impose really strong requirements um and have lots of different types of proof to make sure that these students have like uk visas and aren't from high-risk countries um, to make sure that they can access their education. King's isn't as bad, but there are issues within King's, definitely. The second thing is to stop surveillance. So making sure that no staff or students are reported. So kind of if staff haven't met their required um, hours or have taken extra days off if they go on strike this has been a big problem so sometimes staff aren't allowed to go on strike because that adds to their additional days off which means that they aren't fulfilling kind of their their contract basically and if king's reports that to the home office kind of um yeah king's is doing kind of the dirty work or universities doing the dirty work um to kind of catch out these these hard-working staff um, by reporting them to the home office and then the third um part also links into all of this which is no detention and no deportation so universities should be a place for refuge um and kind of offer this refuge from the detention and deport deportation system and ensure that all of the workers and like um all of the workers and students are safe and they aren't kind of worried about being deported or being detained. Um, and so universities should be taking every precaution that they can to make sure that these, these migrant students and staff aren't worried and they aren't kind of under threat of being detained and deported. You've really clearly described kind of what the campaign hopes to achieve, which is fantastic. And I can really see how if you're a student or member of staff in an environment that feels hostile, how are you supposed to work? How are you supposed to study? How can you do anything? So it's such an important campaign. The university, I guess, should be a place that serves the students and the loyalty of the university should be to the students and should be to enabling a a supportive environment for them and not to function as like an agent for a body that doesn't have that same motivation. So it, it is quite, it is quite frightening to hear how the university, universities don't always serve that purpose of, of protecting and supporting their own, their own students. So it'd be great just to hear maybe 
how, so you kind of outlined what the campaign hopes to achieve, but how does it hope to achieve these goals? What, what are the kind of key things that the campaign is doing in order to reach the goals that you've outlined? Firstly, there's a pledge um, that we are hoping for the kind of principle to sign. Um, and I can talk about what's in that, but then also there's things within Kings that need to be changed that I can talk about as well. So talking about the pledge, obviously there's education, stopping surveillance and no detention, no deportation. So we're demanding that universities basically classify all of the applicants that have a temporary immigration status as home students for fee purposes. Um, provide them with bursaries, provide them with admin support. Um, so basically any additional barriers um, in terms of academic or financial kind of requirements that are placed upon international applicants are removed or minimised to kind of um, support them. And this is something that's a massive issue within King's, in my opinion. Um, so King's has a scheme, which is a really good scheme, um, called the Sanctuary Scholarship, which is there to support refugees, uh, students. Um, however, um, they charge international fees for the scholarship, which means that they're charging double or kind of more than they could be to support the student. So if they were charging home fees, obviously we know that that's um, kind of around 90k, um, which means that they could either be supporting two students or they could be giving these students a maintenance loan. So something that people forget is that students need money to survive like it's not all about education um education is great but how do you focus on studying if you are worried about food or rent um and so king's currently has nothing in place to support students with that and this this kind of expectation that once they have a place at university and um a way to pay their fees it's going to be easier to um, get a bursary for maintenance loans and things like that but then that provides extra stress for the student <laughs> to go and find that bursary um, and what if they struggle to find it then what how are they going to pay their rent how are they going to get food um, so one thing that we've been campaigning for is for kings to stop charging international fees basically and support students so charge home fees from their donors um but then use the additional money that they have been kind of just taking for themselves to support with kind of maintenance loan kind of aspects um so that's one aspect the second thing is kind of demanding that universities stop monitoring um <laughs> their student and staff because it kind of infringes upon human rights and kind of your liberties and um one thing that universities tend to do is subcontract to private companies that collect all of this data and feed it back to the home office um and so what undoing borders is trying to work out is whether kings does this and does subcontract um because we've been meeting with some people and talking to people and doing research but we can't figure this out <laughs> um so that's something that we are currently focusing on as well, figuring out whether King's is subcontracting to a private company to collect all of this data and if it is reporting it to the Home Office as well. 
Um, and is that putting staff and students in danger? And is it that obviously isn't creating a safe space if that is happening? Um, because this is quite a, like, a common thing for most universities to do. And so um, after that, we demand kind of training to make sure that priority is given to students and staff and kind of making sure that civil liberties and human rights and all of these different types of things are protected before <laughs> compliance with the Home Office. Um, and then the final thing in terms of no detention, no deportation, is that the university should be taking every step it can to make sure that students and staff are not put into immigration detention and if they are to support them um and support those who are under threat as well of detention deportation and making sure that they intervene before it's too late um and this hasn't been like a publicly no thing in King's, but it has been in other universities where students and staff have been kind of detained by the Home Office, but universities haven't done anything to support them. And so we want to figure out if King's is reporting to the Home Office, um, and it kind of links into the point before. So figuring out if either it's subcontracting, if it's reporting figures to the Home Office, how many people it's reporting, kind of what is King's doing to protect those people it's just reported um, and make King's a more welcoming and safe space for student migrants and stuff. Thank you for, for explaining all of that and I guess like, hearing that it sounds like a common theme is that there just needs to be greater transparency on, King, on King's side and on university's side because I guess if they're open about what they're doing then that's the first step for people within the university to like question things and to bring their claims. Um, but yeah, without transparency, then it's impossible to really get get to the core of what's going on. Because we've used the phrase hostile environment quite a lot, and it's one of those phrases that's used. I was hoping, I was, wanted to ask Rhea if she could define it in her own terms, what she means by a hostile environment. This is a tough one. <laughs> um, I think the hostile environment is this broad term, and it, encompasses so many different things like the hostile environment is everywhere it infiltrates everything Um, and that's why it's such kind of a hostile environment because it's taken over education it's taking over healthcare it's taken over access to jobs and education and just so many different aspects because it's minimizing people's access to these places um, and limiting them um, to getting kind of healthcare or food or jobs or education um, through kind of little steps um, each way. There's this really good, um, I think it's a diagram by Corporate Watch, I believe, called the Border Regime Monster. If people want to Google that, that's also really like illustrative and it shows that visually how um, kind of the hostile environment and the border regime has seeped into so many different aspects because it connects all the dots. That sounds really interesting. We'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes. Um, And yeah, I think it's what, it sounds like what we're all understanding more is how subtle sometimes this stuff can be. It's not always completely obvious. It can be in kind of subtle underground ways, which makes it even harder to challenge and tackle, I guess. And I think that's one of the clever things that the Home Office has done is by, they haven't made it this obvious thing. So it's not this one thing you tackle and then it's done. It's 
these little things that are everywhere um and by making it everywhere you you don't really know where to focus and so you have to direct your energy to one thing then another thing then another thing to kind of break down this environment um which is difficult and tough and that's what makes it hostile for migrants can i just add about the hostile environment sorry yeah please yeah do Uh, go ahead go ahead so Basically, it began in, I've just remembered later, <laughs> um, but it began in 2012 and it is an attempt by the government basically to outsource its control and blocking of resources um, by putting scrutiny and pressure on migrants. And it's not through like professional checks or um, by the hostile environment, by the hostile environment, it's not by um, physical professional kind of checks by the Home Office, but it puts other people in um, power and places the, the responsibility onto other people in power. So, for example, landlords or business owners or kind of universities or police. Um, and these people police people. And so this is what has led to this border regime. Um, and so this border regime is the thing that I was talking about. It's not one unified thing. It infiltrates every single aspect of life. Um, and so we have many different things we need to focus on in order to act, like kind of break down the hostile environment and the border regime. I think if we move on to the next segment, which is kind of the discover segment, where it would be great to hear more about how you actually went about setting up the campaign. So you're a student at King's, you've done People and Planet. Um, how do you start a campaign? What, what, how does that work? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's great because there does need to be more campaigns on different issues right? and, um, at King's. Um, so firstly, it's kind of mobilising different people and getting, you can't do it all by yourself. So you'll need other people with you. Um, so I reached out to my friends, basically, and other people and kind of my network to see if anyone was interested in kind of running a campaign with me. Um, so that was kind of the first step. And then I looked at kind of the key issues. We did some research, basically, um, um, and looked at the key. So, yeah, we did some research, looked at the key issues within Kings um, to see what we could focus on in terms of this campaign. Um, and then we put together kind of a strategy and outline and timeline that we wanted to kind of follow loosely. Um, and obviously we haven't stuck to that, but we have been following it kind of in loose ways. Um, and then looking at who the people are that are key to this campaign, like kind of it's called stakeholder mapping. So looking at who the key interests are within the campaign, kind of good, bad, how much power they hold. Um, and seeing then if we could get in contact with some of those people who are kind of on our side and hold good power within Kings um, and having those conversations and seeing what doors can we open. And then the end goal is obviously to um, get the principal to sign this pledge or commit to certain items within the pledge as well, um, which would kind of help Kings to be a more welcoming place, even if it's not completely there. Um, it's some of the way there, which is better than where we are now. Um, yeah, so kind of having meetings with those higher up or on the board um, and then eventually getting the principal to, to sign this pledge would be the ideal. No, that's really clear. And I think a very good goal is actually 
aiming for the higher ups and aiming to have those conversations with people in senior positions who are in kind of position to make real change. Um, so I think, you know, it's really incredible. And I'm, I'm wondering what progress you've made so far. So have you had conversations with the principal yet? Is that in the in the pipeline? Yeah. So I think last year we were making some progress, actually. We spoke to some people in the widening participation department, which was really helpful. They were really friendly. And um, we then reached out to actually the vice, one of the, I can't remember the proper name. I think it was the vice principal, something like that, reached out to us Um the secretary did and arranged for a meeting after we'd um, so we did a few actions so we have a petition um we had this email action day where we got we wrote like a generic email um and asked people to add their own little bits into it and send it off to the principal and some of the higher kind of up associated people um, and that was semi-successful because one of the vice principals got in touch with us to arrange a meeting. So we had this meeting um, and kind of it was a discussion um, and we spoke about the sanctuary scholarship and kind of what we could do. Um, and that seemed fairly positive, but <laughs> we haven't heard anything since, despite being in contact again and again Um so this is kind of the core issue now of gaining their attention again to say that this problem hasn't gone away. This problem still exists and we need to know what you're doing to fix it. Um, yeah, so that's what we're going to be focusing on this year and um, trying to, to get their attention again. Yeah, I, I know how frustrating it could be when you're working on something and you need people to cooperate and they, they just won't. And so I guess I would ask, how do you personally and with your team like maintain the motivation and um, the kind of drive, especially in the face of such a daunting and huge problem? How do you keep your motivation up? Yeah, I think this is difficult as well. Like there's definitely times where it's, yes, I'm so motivated. Yes, the team's motivated. Like coming up to Freshers, it was really motivating because we knew that people would be interested and, um, yeah, people would want to get involved. But then kind of over summer, I guess, it's more difficult to keep up motivation when um, you're meant to be taking a break and all of these different things are happening. Um, so, yeah, it definitely goes through those. But how do you keep motivated is making sure that you have a good team dynamic and making sure that you realise that this issue isn't going anywhere. Um, this issue needs to be solved. At least that's what keeps me motivated because there are people out there that could be doing more to support student migrants and staff um and there are students migrants and staff out there who are suffering because of not necessarily suffering but you know feeling the impacts of this hostile environment that kings has placed upon them and home offices placed by kings yeah i can absolutely see the importance of supporting each other and having a support network and so when maybe one of you is feeling less motivated someone else can lead the charge for a bit and i can i can see why those dynamics are so important thanks for educating us on this important issue but i guess the most important thing is knowing how we can take action so it would be great Ria, if you could highlight some areas that um, other students could get involved in here at king yeah, definitely. 
Um, so the first thing I'd say is sign up to join our society. <laughs> um, it's a pound, which is quite cheap um, because we wanted to make it accessible for people, but we also just needed a little bit of money just in case there's any kind of events or other things that we want to do. Um, uh, speaking of events, join your events. Um, you don't necessarily have to be a kind of member of our society, but we are hoping to hold more events in the future. So we did one last year that was really successful with some other university people and planet groups um, to talk about the un- doing borders campaign and the hostile environment more generally. And we had external speakers and it was really, really good. <laughs> At least my bias opinion. <laughs> um yeah, so join our events. Um, you can sign our petition. That's another really easy step you can take. Um, you can get involved in our action days as well. I'm hoping to have more like the, for example, the email action day that we had. That's an, a kind of an easier step to take than kind of, um, being part of the society, I guess. Um, another thing is just to be vocal about this issue. Talk to your friends um, about it and educate them about what's going on. Um, and yeah kind of be aware and speak openly about what's going on and speak openly about your issues as well um if you are able to because then more people are aware the more that can be done to help absolutely thank you no it sounds like there are lots of different ways for people to get involved a lots of different levels of commitment which is you know important and we would just absolutely encourage people to check them out we'll put links for everything in the show notes um so please do absolutely sign the petitions join the society get involved in any way you feel you're able to yeah i echo that 100 <laughs> percent